Hi, everyone. I'm Max from AFM. Welcome to the Pilot Training Connect podcast, where we interview individuals from the pilot training industry to learn more about the organization and their views of the industry. Every week, we will invite an industry leader to sit down with us to learn more about the organization and their views of the industry. This week, I have the great pleasure to be joined by Sean Jacob, Chief Executive Officer of FTA Global, a leading pilot training organization located in the United Kingdom. Welcome to the Pilot Training Connect podcast, Sean. Max, it's a pleasure to be here and, uh, and a happy new year to you as well. Happy new year to you as well. So Sean, uh, for everyone who is listening, can you give a brief kind of introduction and overview of FTA Global? I'd love to. Uh, we are a, a commercial flying school based on the south coast of England near Brighton. Um, we've been in operation since 2006, so we'll be celebrating 17 years of uh, commercial flight training this year. Uh, we operate a, a diamond fleet, DA-40s and DA-42s. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've also been operating uh, Piper Warrior PA-28s. Um, but we're phasing those out in the first quarter of this year and increasing the size of our uh, diamond fleet uh, so that uh, stu students part, starting with us this year will we'll, uh, experience uh, just diamond aircraft from ab initio right the way through to completion. Um, as well as the diamond aircraft, uh, we also have two Altsim 42 simulators um, and we provide ATPL training, both integrated and modular, from, uh, from zero to hero, uh, all the way through. We've got um, a couple of different approaches that we take here compared to uh, a number of the other schools in the UK. Um, for a start, because of our location here on the South Coast, we're within very easy reach of European airspace. Um, so we're just 20 minutes from France. Uh, so we're able to offer dual qualification. So almost all of the students studying with us on an integrated course decide to take the dual route uh, we include that as part of our integrated price uh, and students will go through and uh, qualify with both a CAA, UK CAA license and uh, an EASA license as well. Um, something else that we introduced uh, two years ago now was a nine month training period for, uh, for integrated ATPL theory. Um, we did that as a response to students, students who were here on the course um, and it was very interesting talking to students who'd experienced both the six month training and the nine month approach. And uh, what we've seen since introducing that nine month course is uh, much greater first time passes and a much higher average pass rate for those students. Um, so I can give you an example, our, our last uh, sitting of uh, EASA exams, uh, we had 100% first time passes with an average pass mark of 86%. So uh, really delighted with the way that the, uh, the ATPL theory is going. And, uh, and most recently, and I know we want to talk about this in a little bit more detail, but we've introduced something called fair fees, where we've looked at both the deposits that we're taking for students starting both on our integrated and on our modular courses, and the way that we're taking payments for those courses through the time that students spend with us at the school. Um, and I hope we can cover that in a bit more detail during this chat. Yeah, I think that is definitely one of kind of the key 
uh, announcements that I saw over over the past month. But just for uh, just to give everyone who's listening a kind a kind of idea of the size of your operations or or the number of students that you're training on on an annual basis. Can you can you give a sort of range? And I know you know the last couple of years might have might have been a bit of the difference from the norm. But what what side of what size of operation are we are we talking about? So we've got a, about 110 students training with us at the moment, uh, and of that, um, probably just under half are integrated and the remainder are modular. Uh, we've seen an increase in students signing on for integrated training over the last uh, four months. Um, so um, both our September and December uh, integrated courses were considerably larger than they had been through uh, 21 and the beginning of 22. Um, we're looking at starting four integrated courses this year in March, June, September and December, uh, and we're targeting 12 students on each of those courses. Uh, next year in 2024, we'll be moving to six integrated course start dates a year. So we'll be looking at taking on anywhere between 50 and 60 students on integrated training through 2024. Uh, that is just absolutely fantastic to hear. Um, yeah, let's let's specifically touch upon the point that you've just made because all of these incoming students that you have, all of these uh, uh, incoming aspiring pilots, um, FDA Global has just announced uh, a fair a fair fee payment structure. Can you share uh, with everyone what exactly that means and how this is going to be implemented uh, at FDA Global uh, or maybe is already implemented? So we've implemented this from the beginning of uh, January. So from the 1st of January this year, 2023, uh, fair fees has come into operation. Um, we spent a, a considerable period of time at the end of uh, 2022, just looking at the marketplace, looking what the competition was doing, uh, looking at what schools were doing both here in the UK uh, and in Europe and taking feedback from students and prospective students, asking them what would make a difference to their training and their choice of uh, choice of training partner and fees came up again and again and it's something that we we've sort of drilled down into um, and I think over the last probably five six years there's been a move for um, ATOs for commercial flying schools to charge quite significant uh, deposit payments and to front end front load the payment for that training. Uh, and we've had a look to see if that's something that we could move away from. It's something that, as I say, has been uh, commented on and, and brought to our attention by prospective students. And we thought we're of a scale, we're of a size where we can make that switch. We can pivot and we can make a difference to the way that payments are taken in the marketplace. And that's exactly what we've done. So we've looked across all of our courses, both integrated and modular, uh, and we provide a lot of different modular packages for people who've maybe done their own PPL, who've got a night rating, who've got our building experience, who want to come and, and complete their ATPL training with us on a modular route, as well as students who want to join us uh, on that integrated journey to, uh, to their frozen ATPL. And what we've done is we've put in place a blanket £2,500 deposit across all of our courses. So whether you come and do a PPL with us or whether you come and do an integrated dual qualification ATPL course with us, you'll only pay a two and a half thousand pound deposit. And then we've looked at the way that we take those payments. 
we're implementing a direct debit scheme and students will pay more or less for the training that they receive as they go through that course. So on an ATPL integrated course where typically our students take 20 to 22 months to go through, the cost of that training is spread across that 20 to 22 months. And in fact, there's a small balloon payment right at the end of the training uh, before you get your license to, to balance up um, the, the, the amount that you've paid for your training. Um, typically, and if you go to our website, you can see this set out in some detail. Um, but at the moment, that balloon payment at the end of your training, when you've completed it, is eight and a half thousand pounds. Okay, That's, I, I know, um, I know uh, that in large parts of the world, uh, as you uh, as you've said, right, the the shift of the industry has been moving more towards earlier stage payments. So this is this is definitely. Uh, a very innovative, or I don't know whether innovative is the right word, but it, it is a move in, in, in another direction or, you know, opposing the trend. What effect do you think this will have on your enrollment numbers and on your organization? Because I, I know you specifically already said that you are, uh, FTA Global is of the size that it can make the pivot uh, to this new payment structure. But what are what are your thoughts kind of how it would how it will affect the enrollments and your organizations or your organization itself? That's a really interesting question. As part of looking at implementing fair fees, we're also looking at the school as a whole, and we are very much in a growth mode for 2023. So at the same time as implementing this new payment plan, uh, we're also uh, at the moment, seeking additional um, external investment. Um, and we are working with uh, Anthony Pettiford. Again, I think you've probably shared in uh, some of your uh, briefings to the industry. Uh, Anthony's joined us as a strategic uh, advisor and partner. Um, and we're going out to market and, and seeking significant investment for the company to give us that working capital to allow us to at least double in size in the next 18 months. So. In terms of the payment plan, the fair fees uh, package that we've put into play, uh, part of that is clearly to attract additional students to us. But the work that we're doing on the other side of the fence in terms of attracting additional investment is to make sure that we're in a position, a strong position, to make sure that we can service all of those additional students that we expect to join us during this year. Part of that plan is working with other partners in terms of aircraft supply, um, so I think I mentioned we've got uh, additional uh, diamond aircraft coming in um, at the rate of roughly one a month at the moment. In fact, the first one of those DA-40s arrived with us yesterday. So we've got a plan to bring on uh, additional single engine aircraft through the whole of this year. Uh, and we're also increasing our multi-engine fleet, our DA-42 fleet, from the middle of this year as well. Uh, that, that is uh, really fantastic to hear and and uh, at AFM we've been we've been following you uh, quite closely and it really seems that FDA Global is roaring back uh, uh, after the complex last two years for the industry and is really uh, taking off uh, quite quickly um you you made an you made a very interesting point on the kind of strategic uh, investment uh, that you're seeking to double um double the size of of your operations since you've announced the kind of fair fees um initiative have you seen um 
or maybe can you share if you've seen a significant increase in the amount of interest from aspiring pilots coming towards FTA Global and then maybe also in terms of the conversion rate from leads received to um, you know people starting the course maybe quicker and you know maybe shortening the sales cycle of compared to what it usually is? Uh, we certainly expect the sales cycle to shorten. Uh, this has been a very recent announcement, um, and we're sat here talking on the uh, the tenth of January, and we only took this to market on the uh, on the twentieth of December. So it's uh, it's literally been three weeks since we made this announcement, um, both across industry and to uh, and to prospective students. Um, but already um, we've had uh, four students sign up just this week on that new payment plan. So we know it's starting to take traction, um, you know, to have that uh, turnaround uh, in a couple of weeks, just over the holiday period has been extraordinary. Uh, what we've also seen is that uh, the number of um, prospective tours, almost all of our students come and do a tour at the school, look around, meet instructors, meet students, have a look at our premises, um, experience our, our simulator. Um, and those tour slots for January are almost full and we're starting to book tours through February and March. So we know that this is having traction in the market now, uh, and we're only looking forward to, uh, to how that starts to increase over the next few weeks. Oh, That's really fantastic to hear. Um, uh, now, touching upon the, the second point that, that you highlighted, um, I want to ask you, how do you see 2023 developing for the flight training industry and kind of the demand for pilots? Because you are, uh, you know, you have this initiative, you're positioning FTA Global for um, for significant strategic investment. So I'm kind of trying to understand how do you view this year and the, the future kind of develop uh, specifically in terms of the demand for pilots and, and how you can cater towards it? It's a really important question. And I think if we were having this discussion at the beginning of last year, um, I was feeling very bullish and I thought we would have started to see the recovery post pandemic through probably the second quarter, April to June of, uh, of 2022. And that just didn't materialize. Um, uh, and uh, although I'm very much a glass half full sort of person, it was, it was a huge disappointment that we didn't really see that recovery from a, a pilot training perspective until probably the last quarter of 2022. But I am hugely optimistic for, for 2023. Um, and I think that's driven by, by three really key points. I think the first of those is the rate that airlines are hiring. I think almost every single airline based in the UK and in Europe is currently hiring new pilots. And whether those are, are low hour pilots or, or whether those are at a, a senior first officer or, or captain level, we're seeing significant recruitment in the airline market at the moment. And, and that reflects directly onto the schools. I think what we're also seeing is a return in confidence to prospective students. We had tours, we had students talking to us all the way through the pandemic, both in 2020, 21, 22, uh, and certainly through the back end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022, there was a huge loss of confidence. Students just didn't know what they were signing up for. They didn't know if there were gonna be jobs at the end of their training. And of course, they're looking at a sort of a, a, an 18 month to two year period in terms of that training time. 
Um, and there just wasn't the confidence in the marketplace to say, you know, I'm going to start now and I'm going to be able to get a job in two years time. And students can absolutely see now. Uh, they see students graduating from, with us every month who are taking a matter of weeks to find jobs with, uh, particularly with the low cost airlines here in the UK, um, but just not in the airline space. Um, we're seeing students leave us to go to fly cargo, to go to fly business jets. Um, as well as, uh, as as flying with those uh, those big operators, the Ryanairs, the Wizzes, the EasyJets of this world as well. So um, that uptake in recruitment is uh, is having a, a direct impact on the number of uh, prospective students who are signing up to train uh, as a pilot. Uh, and I think the third part of this is that although we here in the UK are, are suffering from inflation, there's a definite a sort of a feel in terms of an overall recession. Um, I think from, a, from an airline perspective, there's this real sense of recovery and that's helping uh, students in the marketplace who perhaps are looking at alternative jobs and thinking, you know, that's the area that's slowing down. You know, I'm, I'm possibly not going to get a job as a project manager or as an accountant or as a builder, but I am going to find a role uh, as a pilot. So, again, that's starting to steer people back towards their dream and back towards their passion, which is fantastic for us. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. So this is what, what we're seeing really happening across the world. Um, and and so with these kind of three kind of key pillars that uh, are kind of driving the confidence and in, the, in your growth strategy that you have at FTA Global, you've now positioned FTA Global in terms of, um, uh, you mentioned doubling it in, in size, is that correct? Yes, yeah, so we expect to have double the number of students uh, on board in the next 18 months. Okay. So we're, we'll be moving from, uh, I say, a, a, between a, a 110, 120 students at the moment to 250 students by the beginning of next year, and hopefully around 300 students by the end of uh, 2024. Okay. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of discussion these days because the man for, you know, as we said, for new pilots is really as strong as it's ever been. Um, but flight schools around the world are facing in numbers, uh, a number of challenges from having enough instructors to supply chain issues to, you know, in some cases uh, now um, interest rates going up for, you know, student loan financing. So um, how how are you thinking about the challenges that, um let's let's talk about the broader industry so not specifically fta global but the broader industry how how, how do you see the challenges kind of developing for uh flight schools specifically that also airlines should maybe very well be aware of because it obviously affects the supply of new pilots that they have coming to the flight deck i think if i almost take those in reverse order you you talked about the challenge of finance for students and, and that's exactly why we've introduced fair fees. We, we think the ability for a student to spread their payments over a longer period of time to make uh, a, a lower payments on a month by month basis, and potentially to be able to talk to an airline as they come to the end of their training, knowing that they've got a, a balloon payment to make, but being able to secure a job and then go to the bank, knowing that they can take out a, a loan uh, for that, that final balancing payment at the end of their training uh, is much more realistic than trying to raise that money at the beginning before they've even sat in an aircraft. Um, so that, that's one of the things that we're looking at from a, a financial perspective, from, from, from an airline perspective. Um, 
I think we're going to see more, not just here at FDA, but across the whole of the, the flight training um, industry, airlines getting much more involved in the training side. And we've seen Chewy announce uh, just before Christmas their, their cadetship. Um, I think we're going to see the same from some of the other big players um, and that airlines will get much more hands-on and that we will get back to a point where airlines are sponsoring to a greater or lesser extent some of the training that students are taking part in. And I think part of that will also be to help remedy the disparity that we see. You know, it is a very high cost of entry and whatever we can do to help, we're doing. Um, but I think it's important that airlines are going to see in terms of broadening the, uh, the, the number of students who are coming into flight training, anything that they can do to help in terms of bursaries, in terms of scholarships, um, in terms of potentially uh, the sort of salary sacrifice scheme that Chewy have described for the cadets that join their cadet training pro program. I think we're going to see much more of that over the, over the next couple of years. So I'm very excited by that further involvement of airlines as they start to secure the pipeline that they will need for, for, for pilots going forward as they take on additional airframes and, and open up new routes across the, uh, across the world. Um, the cost of delivery is, remains enormous. You know, one of the, our biggest impacts has been the change in fuel costs over the, over the last year, 18 months. Uh, uh, one of the moves that we've moved uh, away from is, is using uh, aircraft that use Avgas. The Avgas costs here are enormous. So moving to a fleet that is only using uh, jet Jet fuel makes, uh, makes a huge amount of sense financially, and that's why we're increasing the size of our uh, Diamond DA-40 TDIs and, and DA-42 TDIs in terms of the aircraft that we're operating. And, and further ahead, you know, we hope to be able to take on some of the newer aircraft that are, that are, that are coming into the training field that, uh, that have much, much lower uh, uses of fuel and are much more fuel efficient, and that's something that we will continue to look at. Indeed, we've started exploring over the over the last couple of months. One of the issues with moving to a, a new uh, uh, low fuel cost aircraft is just the lead times on them. You know, we're, we're typically being quoted uh, 14 to 18 months in terms of, uh, of new airframe delivery. So it's something that we would need to plan uh, over the next couple of years in terms of any fleet change that we make. Uh, absolutely. And, and what about, I think, the topic which is on everyone's mind, instructors. Uh, from an instructor perspective, we've not had uh, a huge issue with uh, both retaining or attracting instructors. Um, all of our instructors are permanent employees, and I think that's a, an important uh, distinction to make between us and, and schools that operate on a, a contract uh, where, where uh, pilots just come and are paid for the time that they fly. Um, I think instructors, uh, particularly I know uh, the instructors that work with us uh, very much look on it as a, as a lifestyle choice. Uh, potentially they've got young families. Uh, they don't want to be away from home several nights a week. They want to be able to go back and, uh, and see their children. Um, and something that we introduced at the beginning of, uh, of 2022 was a, a four day week. Uh, and our instructors have the option of working either a, a four day or five day week so they can work uh, they could do all their hours uh, in four days and have three days off or spread them across five days and have two days off. Um, but again, that lends itself to a, a really interesting lifestyle. You know, they're, they're, they're not uh, hard at it. They've got time to spend with their family, uh, time to enjoy life as well as enjoy the flying that they, uh, that, that, that they do with us. So um, for us, that's been really important. Um, I know that airlines are in, 
uh, attracting instructors and we've certainly lost a couple of instructors but those have tended to be um, uh, single um, instructors uh, instructors with, with, with no children who are happy to, to, to make that move. Um, but there's no lack of uh, people looking to become flight instructors. And uh, we recently advertised our next uh, flight instructor courses. We, we advertised our March course um, at the beginning of December, and uh, we filled all of the places on that flight instructor course in 48 hours. So there's, uh, as I said, no lack of interest in people uh, taking up the opportunity to become flight instructors as well. Well, that is phenomenal to hear because I, I think maybe one of my, my last questions was really around, do you think the flight training industry specifically needs to do more to promote the instructor career path? Because I know that um, over the past few decades, you know, the the airline industry has, or initially it has, you know, really glamorized the airline pilot a job, and I remember the most most of the aspiring pilots that I uh, speak with. Everyone wants to become an airline pilot, but then when you know you discuss it in detail with with them, and you tell them, okay, what are the differences between being a flight instructor and you know uh, being an airline pilot, and you know being rostered by the airline at all different times of the night, and you know how it implies. Um, uh, the effect it has on, on the family life. Do you think that the industry should do more to um, to promote the instructor career path? I think so. And one of the things that we do here, particularly through ground school, but we make these um, talks open to all of our students, is on a monthly basis, we have an industry professional come in and talk to our students. Um, and those professionals come from every aspect of aviation. So uh, as well as people coming to talk to us from the major airlines, uh, we've had air traffickers come and talk to us. We've had uh, business jet pilots come and talk to us. We've had cargo jet pilots come and talk to us. Um, and I think something that may not be apparent to uh, individuals who want to have a career as a pilot is just the very, very broad range of opportunities that there are open to them. It's not just about being a, a first officer on a, on a regional airline or a low cost airline. Um, you know, cargo is making huge advances. And uh, certainly from talking to um, pilots who are working on the cargo side of things, it would appear that, um, you know, they, they go into probably far more interesting uh, airfields than, uh, than people who are operating on the airlines do. There's a greater degree of autonomy in terms of the planning um, that they have to do and, and in terms of the organization that they get involved in the same on the business jet side and, and again we've got uh, a lot of previous students who are now flying uh, on uh, private business jets again that level of autonomy that the, the level of responsibility that they have in terms of organizing day to day and week to week what they're doing where they're going um, it, it is enormous um, and I think also in terms of public sector you know we we see um pilots getting involved in everything from medevac to um, observational duties. Um, you know, the uh, police in the UK are big users of, uh, of fixed wing aircraft. And I, I think a lot of this isn't publicized in the same way that the, the flight instructor career isn't publicized. Uh, and I think it's a real eye opener. And it's something that we look to do with our students on a regular basis is just try and open their eyes to all of those other possibilities there are when they've got that ATPR license, what they can go on and do with it. Oh, yes. Once again, it's phenomenal to hear. Uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, Sean, this is the, the second uh, 
um, leaders interview that we're doing in 2023, and you've already filled me with so much optimism um, that uh, you know I feel it's going to be a phenomenal year. Uh, is it? Uh, is there anything else that you want to share um, with anyone who might be listening about uh, FTA Global or uh, what you know what you're looking for? Um, I think two things I'd like to finish on. One is we continue to innovate and we continue to look at the way that we deliver training. Uh, something else that we introduced at the end of last year is something called Fly First, uh, where we give a, a number of our students on each intake the option to fly for three months before they go into their theory training. And again, there's a tradition that people go through and complete their theory training before they even sit in an aircraft. Um, but again, based on the feedback that we've had from a, a lot of our students, the opportunity to have flown before they did their theory, they see as, as very supportive. And you can imagine, you know, learning, for example, what the effects of the control, controls are from um, a number of drawings on a whiteboard to actually sitting in an aircraft and flying it. You know, those um, particular um, pieces of information will become you know, much more real, much more solid if you've experienced it versus just hearing the theory. Um, so that's proved very popular and we've got a lot of students who are opting to come and fly for a three month period before they go into the classroom to do their theory. I think the second thing that we've been super aware of, and again, we're, we're really fortunately placed on the south coast of the UK to be able to do something about it, is the impact that Brexit has had. Um, you know, up until the 31st of December 2020, all of the UK licences were a European licence. From the 1st of January 2021, that stopped. Uh, and we've had to look at the ability for our students to qualify both with a European license as well as with a British license, a UK CAA license. Um, and we're able to offer both of those in a dual package. Uh, and for us, and I know for a lot of um, prospective students who come to talk to us, that is super important as well because it's broadening their opportunity when they complete their training, when they go out to look for a job, they're not just looking in the European market or just in the UK market. They're able to look across both sides of the channel. Um, and for us, that's that's really, really important and something that we're able to uh, deliver from uh, from the UK. So, uh, yeah, very exciting for us. So that, that makes you also quite unique in, ter in terms of being able to offer uh, flight training uh, solutions to any uh potential airlines which are looking for EASA um uh an EASA flight training partner is that correct that's correct absolutely and um both on the UK and on the EASA side uh, interestingly you're probably aware that um the, the Spanish school FTA Hereth have uh, just been granted um UK CAA um opportunities and uh, they will be working with us we've got a memorandum of understanding signed with fte uh, whereby those students will come and finish their final part of their flying in uk airspace with us from brighton city airport so i'm i'm delighted that we're able to offer those opportunities to uh, to students from european schools and we're in discussions with a number of other european schools about providing that uh, that last five or ten hours flying uh, in uk airspace as well that's 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 really brilliant. Um, well, thank you for sharing your insights with us today, Sean. Um, if anyone wants to learn more about FTA Global, please check out their website, uh, www.fta-global.com or uh, connect with uh, Sean on LinkedIn. Uh, Sean, I know you're quite active on LinkedIn as well. And um, yeah, I wish you a very prosperous 2023. 
and um, look forward to hopefully meeting you in person. Thank you so much, Max. Yeah, 2023 is looking very exciting and, uh, and we look forward to keeping everybody up to date with what we're doing and, uh, and of course you guys at AFM as well. So thanks again, Max, it's been a great chat. Thank you. Thank you.